for the 99th anniversary Baylor Homecoming Parade. Believed to be one of the oldest and largest collegiate homecoming parades here in the country. That's Lori Scott Fogelman introducing last year's KWBU-TV broadcast of the Homecoming Parade. This year will mark the 100th anniversary, a tradition that started with a summons from former Baylor President Samuel Palmer Brooks. Baylor President Samuel Palmer Brooks back in 1909 saying, will you nod as a loyal student of dear old Baylor, lay aside for a few days the cares of the world, come back to your alma mater, renew former associations and friendships, and catch that Baylor spirit again. That day in 1909 also marked the first Baylor homecoming parade, which took place off and on for a few decades as world wars and other concerns ensure that the parade, and even homecoming itself, took place intermittently. Finally, after World War II, the parade became a yearly celebration, complete with traditions that have lasted more than a half century. The football game, candy and treats thrown to kids lining the parade route, and floats highlighting the game and mocking the opponent have become staples each fall. And for most attendees, it's the crowns, football, and kids excitedly pointing out the sororities and fraternities' elaborate floats that provide the soundtrack of homecoming. But for the Baylor students who create the floats, these are the sounds of homecoming. That and scores of their brothers and sisters working frantically to pull off yet another float and hopefully earn a judge's award as the best float for another year. Sorority Chi Omega, or Kayo, has teamed up this year with fraternity Phi Kappa Chi, or Phi Chi for short, to collaborate on a float. A lot of work has been done already, and a lot more work will be done into the wee hours to wrap it up this week. But the planning has been going on since last school year. Paige McNamara, Emily Erickstad, and Patrick Sims are three of the float chairs for Kayo and Phi Chi. They had to turn in their theme during finals week last May. A lot of ideas were tossed around. Well, we, we all started around a table and yeah, all, threw out ridiculous ideas I mean, we, at first. We threw out ideas all, all the way from like an Egyptian theme with sphinxes doing sickums to like we were it was gonna be it was gonna be plague the pokes. We were we were gonna do that. We didn't. We ended up nixing no, that we one. Got <laughs> I mean, it's just we just sat around and threw out ideas. It was just really hard to balance this year because it's the hundredth anniversary, and you know we wanted to do philanthropies and. There's, you know, you saw to incorporate the other teams, so it was like, which one do we pick? Do we focus on Baylor? Do we focus on, you know, beating OSU, or do we focus on our philanthropies? We just had so much to work from, so we're just thankful that everything came together because it's been, I mean. Kind of in puzzle pieces just yeah. suddenly falling into place. <laughs> Definitely. This is big business at Baylor. The floats are expensive. They represent Kayo and Phi to alums as well as peers, says Emily Erickstad. I mean, this is a representation of, like, our organization. The fact that alumni comes back and sees what we're still doing and, like, how we've continued what they have started. I mean, that plus just how everyone on campus, like, we view other um, organizations, it's like, oh, that, was, that looks really good and it reflects on your organization. And, of course, there's the competition. Winning the Judges Award and beating your fellow Greek organizations is a big deal. That's why we're meeting at a top-secret location. It's an unmarked warehouse in the hinterlands a good 10 miles outside of Waco. Unless you think that's overkill, consider that there's a history of sabotage that the students are all too aware of, says Paige McNamara. A lot of groups get very competitive, and last year um, our float site, luckily we took the float out I think two hours before, but someone came out and messed with our float sure. site and uh, I mean there's paint everywhere it's just it's heartbreaking and I know a bunch of other groups who have had floats ruined 
Um, yeah, I know Akio and Fidel the night before float judging. There, there's just ruins last year, and yeah. it's competitive, and it shouldn't be that hard because this is a fun tradition. In this warehouse, it's a giant 14 by 26 foot flatbed trailer. Again, we can't reveal what's on it just yet, but scattered everywhere are newspapers for paper mache, paint, sawdust, power equipment, and workers quietly preparing for the big day. 48 hours or so from now, they'll be heading on to campus for judgment. They've been pouring their time and energy into it for over a month now. Dozens of students, led by six float chairs, giving up free time and sleep to get it done. Just how stressful is it? <laughs> it depends. Um, when everybody's working together and we're very consistent with being out here because we all have school, some of us have internships. I mean, we have all have really crazy schedules. That's what working until midnight or early into the morning's for. Um, Tomorrow, we'll take a look at what goes into making the float, and KWB will be following Kyle Megan Phi Kai as they take part in a tradition that began 100 years ago. For KWBU News, I'm Derek Smith.